It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Tuesday morning, the 28th of July. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The closure of schools on March 12th was an essential emergency measure which helped slow the spread of the coronavirus. Reopening the schools is not just an administrative challenge. It involves a wide range of other concerns, including public health, staffing, building adaptation, and critically, help to make sure we limit the lasting educational and personal impact on students. The government is to provide €375 million and it says it will reopen schools safely. It's a lot of money, but there's a lot to do. Funding for over 1,000 additional teachers at post-primary to help with physical distancing and class sizes. This will also include 120 additional guidance posts. Funding to provide release days for teaching principals at primary level to meet the administrative burden arising from the changes and the impacts of COVID-19. This will mean that all teaching principals will have one release day per week, something which I am particularly pleased to be able to deliver as I consider it a really essential support to reduce the burden on these principals. In addition, there will be some release time also for deputy principals in primary schools. Enhanced cleaning and hygiene measures are particularly important now. The additional funding being provided will enable schools to have daily cleaning arrangements and to purchase supplies of hand sanitizer and any other PPE material necessary. There is also funding for enhanced supervision, which is a key control measure to support schools to minimise interaction of students from different classes in line with public health advice. Funding for replacement staff is also provided for in this financial package. This includes teaching staff, SNAs and administrative staff. This can occur where staff members who are identified in line with HSE guidance as at very risk of COVID-19 and they are advised to cocoon. Funding for getting schools ready is also comprehensively addressed. Schools will be able to employ an aide to help them get ready in the next number of weeks. 
As announced last week also, of course, funding of 75 million euro will support minor, minor capital works for all schools. An enthusiastic minister, Norma Foley, making that announcement last night. Uh, we'll talk about how all of this will pan out now with Sinn Féin's spokesperson on education, Donka O'Leary, and Fianna Fáil Senator Erin McGrean. Good morning to both of you. There's a lot of money uh, being put towards uh, this uh, Donka O'Leary, and uh, I know there's questions about as to whether that will be enough. But what about the time that is being given to all of this? Is there the time to see this plan being implemented as uh, the ambition uh, is uh, outlined to us there? I think that is the big problem with this, Michael. And I think that principals and school leaders and indeed the wider school community, including parents, will be asking themselves that this morning. Like, first of all, I want to be clear. Like, I want to see schools reopened fully and safely. I say that as a public representative. I say that as a parent, it is vitally important. Uh, I think so many children have lost out so much. But we were promised a roadmap on several occasions on June 12th. Even that would have been tight, but it would have been another five or six weeks than we've got. So in this period of time, you are, we are expecting boards of management and schools to recruit the additional staff that is needed, put into place the protocols and plans, mm. potentially adjust classrooms in some circumstances, even potentially build and find additional classrooms and maybe even new school halls. Mm. The diagrams the Department of Education has provided, like a lot of the problem with this, really, when you boil it down, comes to the fact that reopening schools in this jurisdiction was so hard because we have the most overcrowded classrooms in Europe. We have school buildings that are not fit for purpose. I'd say if there was the diagrams the department has provided outlined how you can achieve social distancing in a classroom at 80 square metres or 60 square metres, I don't think there was a single classroom in my secondary mm. school that was 60 square metres. Well, 20% um, of children are in uh, classes uh, that have uh, 30 children or more in them. Absolutely. So, like, I think it is a failing of this plan as well is that there's not an acknowledgement of how we got to here and how it has been so difficult. And there's not any attempt to try and address that, to try and reduce the pupil-teacher ratio, to try and tackle okay. also large classes. And we have a more... There, there, there are significant uh, um, challenges, but even if they were to move out the lockers uh, and put prefabs uh, in schoolyards uh, and they were able to make the space, will they be able to get the staff to recruit 1,080 new teachers over the next four weeks seems an incredible challenge for anybody. I think so, Michael. I, I'd say again, I hope they do. I hope that they find every teacher who is uh, trained and guarded vetted and able to teach, and I hope that those teachers are put into the classroom. Uh, that's absolutely what I want to see, and I'll support any initiative that does that. My fear is, like, it is the 28th of July. We are practically into August. Most schools ordinarily would have their prep for the next year all wrapped up and put away nearly at this stage in the game uh, and you're, we're expecting schools to, to try and do that level of recruitment I think that is going to be enormously challenging, I think it's going to be really difficult and I am concerned as well about cover the number of substitutes that has been talked about at primary school level wouldn't be enough to cover the absences for last year, so there's going to be increased absences with uh, so many teachers who are going to have you know, they mm. might be at high risk or that they might show symptoms and various things like that 
you know, I would be concerned that there aren't enough substitutes allocated to these panels. And without personalising this, are you concerned about the Minister's experience? Uh, She's a new minister. This would be a challenge for the most experienced of ministers. It would be a challenge for a government that had been in administration for a long period of time. But we're talking about a new government that seems to be tripping at every corner with a minister who's very enthusiastic, very determined, is talking about delivering things that are ambitions and seems a little bit green around the gills. Well, look, I mean, I, I don't want to personalise it really. No. But like, I mean, obviously, I will deal with um, you know a minister's track record as a minister. But there is no track record. That's the point. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I'm about to come to that. I think that there is really, you know, in the period of time that she has been in office, there has been a slowness to answer questions, and there has been uh, poor communication in some instances. I will say though that this does stem back to the previous minister as well. They, you know, we were promised a roadmap on June 12th. So, like, I mean, I do think this goes mm. to, to both of the major government parties that we are still in this situation, that we only now have a roadmap. Um, you know, what can we do now, though, I suppose, is the question. Uh, and I think that there needs to be a determined focus over the coming weeks on recruitment. But I also think there are gaps that need to be filled. There are gaps in terms of uh, students and parents who are at high risk and what supports they are going to get. I don't think that there's enough clarity there. That needs to be filled out. We need to know more about how people who have fallen back in recent times, whether that's through special educational needs or because of just becoming disengaged from education, we need more detail on how we will help them make up that ground. Those gaps are there. I'm disappointed at that. I'm frustrated Mm. at that but they need to be fixed now. That's what my focus okay. is on. Let's go to Senator Erin McGreen, uh, who has been put forward uh, this morning by Fianna Fáil to represent government. And thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, it seems as though there's uh, still a lot of uncertainty this morning. We have this plan. There's a lot of detail. But the minister was very clear yesterday saying uh, that it's possible that not all schools will be able to open uh, and some schools may have to put their reopening dates back into September or possibly beyond. Good morning, Michael. Thank you very much. Um, yes, this here, the government's priority since since it's begin since the beginning of this new government only four weeks ago um, has been the re- reopening of schools. Now, our, our our new minister, she might be new, but I think um, I don't think it, uh, um, I, she is a teacher. She has a long track record of being a teacher. But she, I think she has said that schools may not be able to reopen. Yes, um, um, well, I, I, she didn't say that this morning, though, and she said she has... Um, she said that last night at the press conference, that she can't guarantee that all schools, that it'll have to be uh, made uh, uh, on a case-by-case basis. If a school is in a position to reopen, uh, then it shouldn't reopen. Uh, so that gives... And I think that's the prudent thing, Mike. But that gives no certainty to people. Well, it, it's, it's the prudent thing. You know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and you can't be making, you can't be making wide-sweeping um you know, definitive things like that on every single school. There's 4,000 schools in this country. Every single one of them have, have, have unique have unique difficulties mm. and problems and, and benefits and disadvantages, everything. So these, this is up to, the, you know, for, the Minister has given $377 million worth of a plan and um, has given additional staff additional SNAs um, uh, ability to employ school aid in order to get this get this working. 75 million... Okay, well, what do you believe would be an acceptable percentage of schools to be open, let's say, at the end of August? I'm not going, I'm not going mm, to give percentage. Mm, I want 100% mm. um, schools... Well, we all want 100%. Mother, yes, 
course, as a mother, yeah. as a parent. Mm. But Michael, I wish we could back, could go back in, in March 12th and things could be normal and our kids could go back into school and and be a thing like they were before we all locked down. But things are have changed and things are up in the air. And our minister came in less than one month ago and four weeks since she since she became minister, she has a plan, a $375 million worth of a plan to reopen schools. It has been broadly welcomed by the school, by the, by the unions. Mm. Now, there are, With there caution. are fears of... Yes, of course. Mm. And of course there's caution. Because, no, cause, because reopening schools is not without risk. It's about balancing the risk and reducing that risk for the well-being of our students and our children to get them back into school. Mm. Like, I know myself, my children need to get back, back, back into school. They need to be re-socialised. They, they need this. And I am very glad that this is happening. What, what, will, happen, what, what will happen in a, a school if a child gets coronavirus? But that's it. There, there is, there is a, a, there is a, a whole plan, a whole entire document, mm. um, dedicated to 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 having, you know, the the, the the structures, the structures for this. And this is why we have classroom pods and our classroom bubbles and and, and classroom pods to to reduce the the, the the contact between different classrooms. It's all about reducing risk and to making making it the most the minimalist risks possible. It's not going to well, be... Well, the Taoiseach said that there's no no risks, so I suppose the question exactly. is what level of risk will there be? Will schools reopen if the sufficient safeguards have not been put in place? I, I, I really don't think so. That if schools, schools really can't reopen if, if, the, if, the, if the right um, health and safety aren't put in place. Like, like every other sector of the society, we mm. can't reopen our pubs, we can't reopen things because we can't ensure health and safety guidelines. If that is the case, Don Colliery, let me go back to Don Colliery. If that is uh, the case, uh, do you believe uh, that some schools will not be able to reopen? Um, like I certainly hope so. I hope not. Um, I think that more schools should be in a position to reopen. I think that I, I may have missed a part of that question. Sorry, Michael. It's just a, a bit of interference. Could you maybe ask me that again? Yeah, well, I, I mean, if the safeguards aren't in place uh, to protect the children and the staff and everybody else, if uh, the schools don't reopen for those uh, reasons, uh, is it possible that they'll never reopen because it may never be possible to put those safeguards in place? No, I don't think so. so like, I mean, obviously what a school in that situation will need is additional capacity, you know, um, and it may be the case that schools will require an extra day or two in September or in August, and obviously... That's and bring in right. prefabs, is it? Well, like, I mean, look, I mean, if there's additional buildings needed, there'll be additional buildings needed, but, like, I mean, again, this all comes back, Michael, to the fact that we have a school's estate that is not fit for purpose. Countless buildings from the 40s and 50s and 60s that have scarcely been uh, ever renovated and overcrowded classrooms. It all mm. comes back to that point, and that's the point that we need to be focused on tackling. So if there are schools that are struggling to uh, to meet with the protocols, it's because they have a lack of space. They need to be the priority for acquiring additional space, and if that's prefabs in the short term, uh, then obviously that's necessary, but if it's additional space from uh, other buildings in the community, but in the medium term it needs to be permanent buildings that they probably needed anyway. They probably needed in the first place. They might well have applied for it and been turned down for funding or have been waiting years to try and get that sorted. So, like, I mean, we need to be addressing the fundamental causes why the school reopenings has been so hard, has been so delayed, uh, and even when it comes back 
could be extremely tricky to manage. Now, look, I'll say it again, I have a lot of faith in school leaders, in principals, in teachers, and in school communities. Uh, and I do believe that they will work extremely hard to deliver this, and our children need to be back at school. Mm. But they've been put in an impossible position because of underfunding. Uh, and I think that they're, you know, like, I mean, when you boil it down, like, I mean, it's, it's staring you in the face. You know, social distancing requires space. We don't have a lot of space. It requires teachers to ensure that there's enough teachers to teach the classes. And that's the big thing that we don't have. Okay, and... Yeah, I can't disagree with Donegal yeah. on, on any of his points. We have an underfunded school system. And hopefully with the new capacity that, that the Minister is building with, with a thousand extra, with a thousand extra, you know, post-primary um, teachers, with extra SNAs, with extra teachers that will be available for, for, for teacher absences at primary level. Hopefully this level, this body mm. of, of, this body of teaching that will be there will be able to come in after this, hopefully this, this COVID pandemic will calm down and we can get back to some sort of normality and put those teachers into reducing class sizes. Now, in secondary school, there are staff, there will be staff put in to reduce um, post-level um, class sizes. This is so important and, and I can't disagree with Donica mm. because we do need to reduce our class sizes. We do need to, to upgrade our school stock. Um, and, and, and if 375 million is enough, will supplementary funding be made available or do you think it'll be uh, possible to fund uh, the reopening of schools uh, any more than that. I think we have to, Michael. Mm. I think we have to. If, if, if there's not, if this 377 million is not enough to reopen our schools in a safe manner, then we're going to have to start, start thinking, thinking outside the box and getting more money and helping, helping schools, whether it's in repurposing the town hall, the, the, a local hall, okay. or, or whatever it is. This has to be done. Our, school, our children deserve to get back into their classes. And and I think this is a very, very strong plan. It is not without, you know, without without problems because over-reopening schools is not without problems. But I think the unions are behind it. We have the most, we have fantastic teaching staff and, and principals in our country. And I know okay. the principals that I know have been planning for the reopening for a while and, and, and looking at their, their buildings to see how they, how they can adapt okay. because they, they, have, they have seen it come down the line. Well, also, it's time to get to implementing uh, those plans now because uh, we've only sure met we're, we're okay. And we hope that everybody uh, will uh, be successful. Uh, I'm sure that's in everybody's interest and that's what everybody yeah. is wishing for. We have to leave it there though and thank you both indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Fianna Fáil Senator Aaron McGreehan and Sinn Féin TD Donica O'Leary who's his party's spokesperson on education. Michael Reed on LMFM. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 